Hi, it's Mark Riddell here, and today we're going to be talking about ransomware. Welcome to TechSess, the show that provides the information you need to know so that technology can help your business to be more successful. We're going to cover a few things today. We're going to talk about what ransomware is, what it does and how it affects your business. We're going to talk about how you can recover from ransomware. And then we're going to discuss, is there anything that you can do to prevent ransomware from affecting your business. So the reason I wanted to talk about ransomware today was I ran a poll on LinkedIn just recently and at least one person chose the option of what is ransomware. So I thought, well, if there's at least one person out there that doesn't know about ransomware and what it is, then there's going to be more, right? So I thought it'd be worth spending some time talking about ransomware because it is one of the biggest cyber threats to businesses today and it can have a real impact on your business in various ways, which we'll cover later on in the episode. The first question to address is what is ransomware? So ransomware is a form of malware. So, okay, what is malware, you might ask? So malware is basically malicious software, which if able to run on your computers can cause harm in many ways. So some of the ways that malware and ransomware can affect your machines are causing devices to become unlocked or unusable. They can steal, delete or encrypt your data. And that's particularly what ransomware will do. They can take control of your devices, so to launch attacks on other organizations, maybe your customers or suppliers, and they can obtain credentials which can allow them to access your organization's other systems and services that, that you might use. So just focusing in on ransomware in particular here today, ransomware obviously, as we said, is a type of malware, and usually what will happen is it will prevent you from accessing the data that is stored on your computers or your server or wherever you're storing data in your business. So that data will effectively become locked, so you won't be able to open any of your files. There'll typically be unknown file extension added to the end of all your data files, and there will quite often be a text file placed on the desktop of your computer or within the folders where you're storing data. And that text file will basically tell you that you've been infected, typically what ransomware it is that's infected you, and it will have instructions in it how to pay the ransom in order to decrypt your data. So some ransomware will also try and spread across other machines within your network or to other devices like servers or any cloud services and things. So for example, the WannaCry malware that impacted NHS back in early 2017 was a particularly nasty piece of ransomware which spread across, I think it was about 70,000 devices that were actually encrypted and infected by that piece of malware. Usually you'll be asked to contact the attacker via an anonymous email address or follow instructions to go to an anonymous web page to make payment of the ransom. And usually the payment is going to be demanded in a cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin in order to unlock the computer or access your data. But even if you pay the ransom, there's actually no guarantee that you'll get access to your computer or your files because occasionally malware is presented as ransomware, but after the ransom is paid, the files are not actually decrypted. So this is sometimes called wiper malware. And for these reasons, it's essential that you always have a offline backup of your important files and data. And we'll cover some of these recovery and mitigation techniques kind of later on in this episode. So what are some of the ways that ransomware is going to affect your business if you're infected? 
Well, first of all, you're going to have some downtime and the amount of downtime that you have is really going to be down to how well prepared you are for this, right? So there's lots of data out there about the average time it takes to recover from ransomware. And I've seen companies and, you know, cybersecurity research companies quoting, you know, 25 days, 30 days and that kind of stuff. And I've also seen people say that they can recover within 24 hours, but really it's down to your individual business. So I don't think you can take any of these kind of average figures to heart, you know, and don't worry that it might be, oh, we're going to be down for a month. It's really down to you and how well prepared you are. Really, it's going to be downtime is the biggest impact to any business. And that's going to have some knock-on effects, right? Depending on what you do, it's going to potentially restrict your ability to deliver your goods and services to your customers. So if you're a manufacturing site and it takes down your network, if you can't produce goods, then that's going to have impact on further orders for customers and your supply chain and stock levels and all that kind of stuff. If you're a service-based business, you're definitely going to have an impact on not being able to deliver any services to your clients. So for example, if you're an accountant and you can't get access to any of your systems or for your data, then chances are you're probably not going to be able to do much work for any of your clients. And then there's the loss of new sales. So, you know, customers aren't going to hang around and wait while you sort this thing out, right? So if a new customer comes to you and you can't take the order and you can't do work for them straight away, chances are they're just going to phone the next business in the, in the local area or go to another website and find that product or service from someone else. People don't want to hang around these days for things. And then, of course, there's the damage to your reputation, which is pretty priceless, right? So quite often it's quoted in cybersecurity that it takes a lifetime to build your reputation and only takes a few minutes of a cyber incident to completely destroy it. And of course, sometimes it can be difficult to ever come back, you know, from that, especially if you're a business to business business and, you know, you lose confidence with your customers. Of course, some of those customers may have been working with you for years and might stick by you, but, you know, it's very difficult to replace customers in the B2B sector. If you're in that world, you'll know how hard it is to find new clients and you don't want to suddenly find that you're having to go out and replace some of your big clients all because you're affected by something that potentially could have been easily prevented. I guess the next logical question that anyone would ask is should I pay the ransom if I'm affected so of course you know law enforcement agencies across the world do not encourage or condone the payment of any ransom because if you pay the ransom as I've already said there's no guarantee that you're going to get access to your data again your computers will still be infected by the ransomware infection you'll be effectively funding organized crime and you're really more likely to be targeted in the future I think the stats are about 75% of businesses that experience a ransomware attack will experience another attack in a short space of time afterwards because, of course, the cyber criminals know that, well, if you paid the ransom once, then you're likely to pay it again. And what we quite often see is that businesses don't actually take the appropriate action after an attack to mitigate against that attack happening again. So you kind of get caught twice. Because, you know, businesses think, well, you know, it happened, we paid the ransom, we've recovered and then they move on. But what they fail to do is actually do a proper risk and vulnerability assessment after the attack to you know, plug any holes or prevent these things from happening again. The other issue to consider as well that attackers may threaten to publish the data if payment is not made. So to counter this, you should take measures to minimise the impact of data exfiltration. This is kind of getting beyond what we can talk about today. However, even if you can recover from the attack yourself, the attackers may still publish the data online, which means it could still lead to 
a fine from like the Information Commissioner's Office if it's a GDPR issue, personal data and whatnot, and your customer's information and personal data could still be exposed. The next two things I want to talk about is how can you recover from a ransomware attack and is there anything you can do to prevent it? So this section is going to be covered in the same part. So both of these questions will be kind of addressed at the same time. So I'm going to cover a few actionable things here that you should consider. So of course, the number one way to recover from a ransomware attack is to ensure that you have a robust ransomware proof backup system in place. And what do we mean by that? Well, quite often we use the terminology of like air gapped so that a ransomware infection cannot spread to your backup systems. So making sure you have an up-to-date backup is the most effective way. And then secondly, making sure that that backup is protected from the infection. Now, of course, there's always a number of ways to achieve these things with technology. So you can create offline backups that are kept in a separate location, ideally off-site. So if you're still storing data locally, you could store the data on a separate hard drive and that drive can be stored somewhere else so it's not connected to the network. And then you can also take multiple copies using different backup solutions. So you may have a local backup and you may be combining that with something like an online or cloud storage backup solution. Of course, most cloud storage backup solutions tend to be pretty ransomware proof just in the very nature, although that's not the same for all types of cloud backup. So it's worthwhile asking your IT provider about these and finding out what you have in place. So you shouldn't just rely on one type of backup. You should have that defense and depth and approach. Regardless of what local devices you're using to backup data, you must make sure that they're not permanently connected to your network. So using three drives in rotation, you can ensure that you have one drive connected in order to do the backup. Then you swap that drive out and the new drive gets connected. And of course, if there is a ransomware infection, the drive that was connected would have been infected. The drive that you've just connected will then get infected. So there needs to be a third drive that is then not connected at any one point, if that makes sense. I hope I've done a good job at explaining that. But basically using three drives in rotation should ensure that there's at least one drive that is not being exposed to an infection on the system. If you're using any cloud services, you should ensure that the cloud service protects previous versions of the backup from being deleted immediately so you can restore a previous version because obviously if you're using a synchronization service like Dropbox or OneDrive the local files are going to become encrypted right and then those local files are going to sync to the servers they're going to sync to the Dropbox server or to the Microsoft servers and of course then those files in the cloud become encrypted with the ransomware infection so you need to make sure that you have a backup that can allow you to restore a previous version of any files that are stored in the cloud. If you are having to recover your data from a backup in case of a ransomware infection, of course, you must make sure that any backup devices are only connected to a known clean device before starting the recovery. There's no point connecting your backup drive to a computer that was infected and maybe potentially still is infected because then you're probably just going to encrypt your backup and then you might find yourself with actually no backup at all. And then the next piece of advice is to ensure that you scan your backups for any malware before you restore the files because ransomware might have been in your network for quite a period of time and the infection might have replicated itself to your backups 
before you actually discovered that you were infected. So you need to make sure that you're restoring clean data and you're not restoring something that is infected to the network because then you're just going to trigger the whole infection all over again. Now you know that the best way to recover from ransomware is by having a robust ransomware-proof backup solution in place. It is the easiest, quickest, cheapest way to recover without having to pay the ransom and it should allow you to get back up and running in probably a matter of hours rather than days or weeks. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is how to prevent ransomware from you know being delivered and then spreading across your network. So you can reduce the likelihood of a malicious malware uh, from reaching your devices through a number of ways. One of the simplest and easiest things to do is just set up an email filtering solution. This can block malicious emails and remove executable attachments from email. If you know what kind of file types you'd expect to receive through email, you can just set the filter to only allow those type of file attachments coming through. So for example, if you never receive Excel files in your business, then why would you allow users to receive Excel files if that's not something that you need to do in the course of your business? So simply by removing the ability to receive that kind of file, you've immediately kind of nullified that threat if, if a ransomware attack was going to be sent as a malicious Excel file, for example. The next thing that you want to implement within the business once you've sorted out your email filter is to block websites that are known to be malicious. So this can be achieved by implementing a web content filter, sometimes called a DNS filter. So you don't want to allow users to be able to navigate and access websites that are either malicious or it's a genuine website that has been compromised by a ransomware or a malware infection and simply by visiting the website is enough to infect your device. So again, very simple to implement, very quick to set up and pretty cost effective as well. Now there's probably people listening to this episode thinking, yeah, but we're using things like Microsoft 365, so none of our data is local, it's all in the cloud, and probably under the assumption that Microsoft are taking care of things like backup and helping to mitigate against malware and ransomware infections, right? However, you know, gone are the days when ransomware was just a problem for on-premise systems. So today, even cloud applications are now prone to new strains of ransomware. So I'll give you a couple of examples of how your Microsoft 365 environment could become compromised. So a ransomware can attack your Microsoft OneDrive and your SharePoint data. And this can happen by infecting the files on a user's local machine because then that data is then synced to the cloud and then of course the data in the cloud becomes infected with the infection or via a mapped drive and you know we would never recommend using a mapped drive to connect to your SharePoint data because that just allows like a, a live link from the local device to the data in the cloud but there is protection in the form of file versioning within 365 however some ransomware strains are intelligent enough to tamper with the version history so you need to ensure that you have a backup of all of your data, that's your OneDrive and SharePoint data, outside of the Microsoft 365 environment. And Microsoft actually state this in the terms of use for Microsoft 365 and recommend that you have a separate third-party backup of your data outside of their environment. Now, here at M3 Networks, we use Skykick for backing up our clients' Microsoft 365 data. That includes email and SharePoint data, as well as all your Teams 
chats and information, everything else. There's various other platforms that will integrate with your 365 environment for a low monthly cost and will do a cloud-to-cloud automatic backup of your data. And I highly recommend that every 365 user has something in place to back that up. But we're also going to talk about email. And quite often, some people believe that the exchange online part of 365, which is handles your email service, is immune to a ransomware infection and being encrypted. However, one of the most well-known kind of hackers in the world, a guy called Kevin Mitnick, you may have heard of him if you've taken an interest in cybersecurity. He's a kind of very well-known guy in the sector. He gave an example of how ransomware can encrypt email in Microsoft 365. And basically the attack comes in the form of a simple phishing email that looks legit, appears like it's come from Microsoft. This email contains a permission request by a malicious application, which a user will easily overlook because, you know, it looks like legit and it looks like it's originated from Microsoft. Of course, when the user accepts the permission the application gains access to the Microsoft 365 environment, particularly the user's Microsoft Exchange online profile, and then can encrypt all of the email in that user's mailbox. Although Microsoft does have some built-in protection and security measures to prevent this kind of attack, they cannot prevent user error, and user error is the major reason for all ransomware attacks. So for the final section of today's episode, I'm going to leave you with some tips on how to recover from a ransomware attack if you've been affected and what to do about it immediately. I guess the first question I'm going to address is, I mean, how would you know if you've been attacked by ransomware? Well, as I said at the beginning of the episode, you'll probably find out pretty quickly when you try to access any files and you find that they're encrypted, they're in an unusable format and you can't open any of your files. Or you may have received an email from the attackers asking for a ransom to be paid. So what are the first things that you should do then? Well, of course, phone your IT provider. If you have an outsourced IT provider or managed service provider or IT partner, whatever you want to describe them as, you obviously want to let them know immediately. The minute you realize or think that you're infected, you have to tell someone, okay? They will probably advise you to do a number of things. They'll probably say disconnect or shut down all of your computers unplug you know your router or something like that just get your devices offline so that the infection is not communicating outside of your network or anything like that and potentially helping to limit the spread of the infection so even if it's just one computer that you think is infected you know you need to make sure that that computer is turned off at a minimum ideally you want to turn off everything of course the minute you do that you're now into the downtime scenario that we talked about earlier and obviously of course you can't use your computers however it's better to do that now than to you know wait for the thing to spread and become a much bigger problem to deal with secondly don't try to delete or edit or rename any files that you think have been affected just let them be it's much easier for your IT provider to deal with the infection if it's in an kind of as is state, the minute you try and do anything yourself, you're now kind of modifying the initial infection and you're going to make it harder for your IT company to actually potentially restore, you know, your services and things like that. So don't try and do anything, just turn things off and leave it as it is. And of course, the third piece of advice I would give you is, you know, don't panic unless you're completely exposed without any backup in place or anything like that. However, I would say that majority of businesses these days should have 
a robust ransomware proof backup solution in place. If you're working with a reputable professional IT provider, they should have this covered for you. However, what I would advise all businesses to do is to at least ask the question, have that conversation. Is a ransom, you know, we are going to affect our backup? What is the process for recovering our backup systems and how long would it take? Bear in mind that, you know, a lot of businesses in the UK still have pretty poor internet connections. And if you're completely relying on recovering all of your data in a ransomware scenario from a cloud backup, even restoring that data, I mean, the download of all that data could take quite a bit of time. And if you've never had to restore all of your data, then you've got no idea how long that's going to take. It's not going to be a five minute operation, right? So of course, if you're doing local backups, local backups are more susceptible to being infected by the ransomware infection, but a local backup is always going to be the fastest way to recover your systems. However, what I would urge is, and I mentioned this earlier, is do not just restore the data and think that that's the problem dealt with. You have to make sure that all traces of the infection are removed because you could find yourself in a situation where you recover one day and the next day your data is encrypted again because no one actually bothered to clean the machines properly and that might involve having to completely wipe and reinstall a machine and if your IT company cannot be 100% confident that the initial infection has been dealt with so just make sure that the infection is completely removed before you go restore data back onto machines. That's it for me today in this episode of TechSess. I hope that was really useful. I hope that you take that information and implement these tips and advice in your business to help prevent a ransomware attack. And if you do get infected, at least this will give you some reassurances of how you can deal with that infection. And it might not be always bad as it seems. So, of course, please remember to follow the TechSess podcast on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. Have a great week in business and we'll see you in the next episode.